Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> We're back. No, we haven't died. We're here. We're here. We're here. We <laughs> the pandemic didn't get us. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. No. You've, you've had your backs, haven't you? You've had yours. I've been jabbed. I've been vaxxed. <laughs> I've got my Knights of March. Ooh. Yeah, so that's, I mean, yeah, the psychological impact of having the vaccine is, is pretty damn overwhelming, actually. Yeah. You just feel quite a little bit invincible. and a little bit full of hope. <laughs> a little bit yeah. full of hope. So, oh, um, that's fabulous. Now I'm excited about mine. So, anyway, hi listeners. Oh my goodness, it's been far too long. We are so sorry. <laughs> but hey, hey, hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff has been happening. <laughs> Yeah, not just to us. It has been a global pandemic. It's been a global sitch. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, sorry, sorry, but, yeah, no. Yeah, no. But we're back now, so, you know. Yeah, and we are going to make a little bit more effort now. We, we have kind of yeah. been a bit quiet for a bit too long. I think, I think we owe it to everybody, you know. You kind of run out of things to say. Like everyone has. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, like, I think it's, um, where are we now? We're the 28th of February that we're recording this, so Sunday. Um, so it's March tomorrow. It's March tomorrow. And what, we went into lockdown last year on the 23rd of March, was it? Uh, yes, we did. So we're nearing on a full year of this. Yep. My God. We all deserve a medal. We all we deserve. We really, really do. We all deserve a pint. <laughs> this is this is serious stuff. Like no, nobody knew how to deal with this. Nobody had any experience of dealing with anything like this. We've never had an incident that has been this big. No. In history, like you know, you can't really compare it to anything. Nope. Remember when they were just telling us to wash our hands? <laughs> oh, we were so naive. Oh, and yeah, I remember actually we were um, we were in Portugal. If you remember, you were in we. Where'd you gone? You've gone somewhere. I'd gone. Me and Warren had gone to Lagomera, and then we were in Tenerife. That's it. You got transported to Tenerife. Then didn't we, you? Yeah, then we flew back on the Friday, which was the twentieth, and then yeah, and then straight into lockdown three days yeah. later. So. Yeah, because yeah, we were in Portugal. You you were obviously in Lagomera and Tenerife, and like I remember messaging you guys, sort of saying, you know, what are you, what's how what are they doing? Like, are, are you getting like flown back? I, um, but they did like a repatriation flight, didn't they? They sort of flew you yeah, back. Yeah, so they took us off the island, um, and we went to Tenerife, and then we had. But we had the holiday the length that it was supposed to be. So, but we were just on lockdown when we got to Tenerife. So, right. you know, I mean, anyone oh. listening to this is going to be like, oh, boo fucking you. <laughs> oh, you bore you in a, in a beautiful well, at hotel. At least we did. Yeah, at least we got away. That was the thing. Like, most people didn't actually get away last year at all. And luckily, yeah. we managed to obviously have the holidays we had as short as they were and probably not as pleasant as they could have been, but at least we did get the vitamin D and the warmth, didn't we? So We did, yes. We can't yeah. complain. Can't complain yeah. at all. But we have a roadmap. We have a roadmap. Bojo has given us a roadmap. I'm not entirely sure what whether it's going to work, but... I mean, I think it will. I'm really... I mean, I don't admire anything. Not that we're getting political. Uh-uh-uh. But I don't really admire anything that he's done through this entire situation. But the one thing I will say is that I really wanted to, this to be quite cautious because yeah. the last thing, and he said it himself, the last thing we want to do is to go through this again. And yeah. it does seem pretty cautious. In fact, you know, there's going to be five-week gaps between each stage. 
and it's hopeful, you know, and the numbers are going down like crazy. The vaccine rollout has been, because it's the NHS and not the government, has been extraordinary. We passed 20 million today. Oh, did we? I didn't know that. Wow. So what's that, a third of the population? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, amazing. So it does feel right and it feels like if people just, you know, suck it up, deal with it, we will have a good summer. We won't have to go through this again. And I think if you ask pretty much any member of the public, of course we don't want to be in the situation we're in, mm-hmm. but my God, let's just suck it up for a little bit longer. The weather's getting nice now. Let's have a good summer. Come on, people. Oh. This is a final stretch. Just do what you need to do. And if you are offered a vaccine, for God's sake, take the vaccine. <laughs> Don't have no time for anti-vaxxers. Okay. No. Oh. Well, I think the key thing for me is that we, like you say, you know, it's, it is a cautious uh, return, but I, I th- my worry is that people have just been coping in crisis mode for so long and when you can start to see the finish line that is when you fall because you can see the finish line and I'm just worried that people will run before they think they can walk and it just it might all just come crashing down maybe I'm being I'm being a very big negatron right now but I no I think no I mean you're right and there are there are people that haven't followed any of the restrictions of this whole time Mm-hmm. We know that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think mentally, emotionally, I, speaking for myself, have coped quite well during this whole period. Of course, it could have been better, but I think I'm all right. But there are huge amounts of people that are absolutely petrified mm-hmm. of this ending because it, it's, it fills people with anxiety for huge amounts of different reasons about going back to what we would define as normal and I think that's fine I think you're well within your rights to be anxious because it's been a year lots of things that you are used to are going to come to an end and getting back out into society is going to be really challenging so yeah I completely agree I think there's plenty of people out there who are going to be super anxious and I think the the other thing, you know, people have just had to, to they've had to live in a crisis. And one of the one of the news articles I read today was that like, like you were saying, the the deaths are coming down, the infection rates coming down, but the um, requirements on the NHS for mental health are soaring astronomically. People are not going to be able to return, you know, to 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 whatever the new normal is in the same way they probably could have done if it had lasted, you know, six months. You know, people have been in this for so long and there is so much that, you know, we're going to have to try and help people and support people with. You know, it, like, like you said, you've, you've coped with it relatively well. Um, I have and I haven't. Um, my anxiety has been horrendous. Uh, full-on anxiety, chewing the F out my nails and full-on, you know, breathing issues and stuff like that. But at the same time, because I've been lucky enough to to have gone through therapy to help myself, I've been able to manage it relatively well. But there are some people that I know that are really, really struggling really badly, and I am very concerned for them. Yeah, and I think, think, you know, there's certain things that we haven't had to do. Homeschooling, Mm. I can't imagine parents having to do with that kind of stuff um if you live on your own oh the isolation must have been insane i genuinely cannot even empathize because it just seems such a daunting thing to me and i cannot be more grateful that i'm with someone and that we've got a family and you know we've been able to live in a we have, and we've got friends, you know, we've had each other, we've had our gin clubs and things like that to do. And we've got families who do want to interact on Zooms. But, you know, if, if you're living on your own, say, 
your family are elderly and don't really know how to work with the technology and you know it must be awful like heartbreaking yeah no it's um it's crazy but i think as well like a lot of you know you've just started working again mm. i've been i've been working throughout the whole thing and i think for a lot of people and i include myself in this i do zooms for work all the time mm-hmm. every a day without a Zoom at work is a joyful day. <laughs> yeah. But what it means is that having Zooms with friends and family, I don't really want to do it because it mm-hmm. feels a bit like work. And, you know, it's... <laughs> I found myself making excuses to to leave. And <laughs> the thing with the lockdown is you don't need to leave there's nothing else to do <laughs> so when you say i've got to go now it's got to be a really good excuse so oh god warren's on fire i've got to go oh okay i'll keep that in mind next time you tell me that something's burning <laughs> but, i'm like wait philip doesn't do the cooking but you know what, what, you know what i mean though it's like I yeah. just don't want to. And I think the thing that's a bit daunting for me, it's not it's not coming out of, of lockdown or anything like that, but it's, it's re-establishing friendships. Mm-hmm. Because they've kind of been... We've all been kind of running in parallel with each other. And it's like, you know... I always have a story to tell. I'm always the guy who will have a story to tell and it'll be funny and it will be engaging. I don't have that. That's been the real thing for me. I don't have that. I don't have a funny story to tell. I don't have that gift of the gab thing that I used to because nothing has happened. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so it's going to be very weird for even little things. Hugging people. People are still yeah. going to feel weird about hugging people. You're still going to feel weird about walking right next to somebody off on the pavement. It's yeah. it's such it's going to be such a big shift for people. I mean, I can't I can't wait to hug my mum and dad, but yeah. they'll probably be quite reluctant to hug me because they're like you know they're older and they're more concerned about stuff. So yeah, it's going to be a really hopefully it's going to be a great year. Hopefully. But it, I completely understand that for some people it's going to be very challenging. Yeah, and I think that's the thing as well. It's going to be difficult for some people. You know, like, I, I'm like you. I can't wait to physically hold someone, like, really hug them and kind of, like, really, like, sort of either hold their hand or be sort of more tactile. And like you say, there's going to be people who are super nervous and who won't want to do that. So it's mm. kind of like... You know, you're so desperate to do one thing, but you've got to be really, really aware that people are not going to be, you know, so overexcited and hyper like you. You've yeah. just got to kind of be very respectful of people and how they're dealing with coming back into the real world. And yeah, well, yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to put it out there now. I'm a hugger. I'm going <laughs> to hug you. Okay, so if you don't want to hug, you better have some kind of like <laughs> body bag. All in one condom thing on or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not one of those, like a hazmat suit. Oh, With... you could just get someone who's wearing a badge, a hazmat suit versus a badge. I think we'll get... <laughs> Should we produce some badges? I've been watching too much true crime. You have. <laughs> just everything's a murder you scene have. to me. Oh, see, I've been going, getting into my DIY and crafts, you see. This is how sad we're getting, Pip. And uh, I'm just thinking badges. We'll get some badges done. Everybody's saying, just sorry, I'm not a hugger. You know, we'll just have some little badges. Warning, warning. No. No. Because my eyesight's not that good. So I'd be like, (laughs) I'd be close enough for a hug before I read the badge. So, you know, I'd be like, oh. Ah, that. Whilst hugging them. <laughs> yeah. Why are you crying? I've missed you too. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. just need to get everybody drunk. Everybody but you know, it's it's hopefully it's going to be a great year. Like mm. events are back. You know, prides are 
being announced. So, which I couldn't even think about a few months ago that, ooh, we'll be able to have gay prides this year. But now it's like, oh, looks like we can. Okay. But that's a shift in mindset as well because you're kind of like, everything's cancelled, you know, another year of nothing. And now you're like, whoa, okay, whoa, uh, uh, oh, I can do, what, what? I can do stuff? Yeah. I, but like, I, living in, are you telling me I can? Living in Brighton, which has the biggest pride in the country, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be very strange going from, oh, I can't visit a friend to 100,000 people can be in a park together. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, when they announced the Brighton Pride was happening, which was quite a few months ago that they got the go-ahead, I was like, there is no way that's going to happen. But, you know, I suppose you have to plan as if it's going to. Yeah, yeah. And now now it's like London Pride have announced their date. Manchester Pride have announced their date. So it's like, okay, this is actually happening. Yeah. Well, okay, I've got some work to do. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) I've cancelled everything in this job so far. HIV testing week... You name it, World Days Day, gone. But can't do Pride two years in a row, so here we go. There you go, see? Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure, we, look, I, I, let's be optimistic. You know, hopefully everything will be back on track and we'll all kind of ease into it and it, it will be great. So, anyway. Fingers crossed. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers to the boat map. Cheers. Speaking Thanks. of cheers to that, what are you drinking? What are yeah. you drinking? Oh my god, I am drinking the nicest wine. So I know we've kind of like stepped away from the two bottles of prosecco thing because we're not actually physically together to be able to consume it. Um, so I've managed to consume a whole bottle. Oh shoot, I've actually done the whole bottle. <laughs> oh. Okay. Right, so um. Okay, so the rest of this podcast is going to be really <laughs> special. Oh, I'm going to have fun with Sophia tomorrow morning. Uh, so uh, this is a lush wine. It's a white Macon Village from Marks and Spencers, and it is so so good. It's got a real good fruity vibe, and it's really well rounded, and I just love it. It's a really really lovely wine. I have no idea how much it was because. I'm kind of like shocked to the fact I've drunk it all. So, <laughs> yeah. It's Marks and Spencer's, so it's probably about nine or ten quid. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, let's go for like, yeah, the tenner. Tenner mark, let's, let's put a flag in it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's lush. I'll put so, a photo up. I'm drinking a Cote de Rune. Cote mm. de Rune from uh, Sainsbury's. I have no mm-hmm. idea how much it was because I didn't buy it. Oh, you're such a little brat. <laughs> and as for taste, it is wet and alcoholic. Oh, okay. So nice and descriptive there. And it goes with both joy and misery. <laughs> well, I mean, you do want a wine to be multifunctional, don't you? I need it to be multi-emotional. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this one takes those boxes. So yeah. So yeah, we kind of we're both not drinking prosecco tonight. Um... I know. Well, you see, the problem is, I was actually talking to Lois about this tonight because my gin and my prosecco is all still boxed up in the garage. I managed to squeeze out a couple of bottles of champagne, a couple of bottles of prosecco, and about twelve bottles of wine. For Christmas, New Year, and obviously the last couple of months. But all the rest is still in the carriage. I don't know where the hell it is. It's all boxed up somewhere. So I just said to Laura tonight, we need to get this sorted. Uh, I'm horrified. Horrified by this information. I know, right? Get on the phone Who are you? I know, I know. I thought that would have been unpacked before Sophia was out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I certainly made sure when the pack when the when the removers were bringing boxes in, if I spotted a box that I knew had wine in, I'd I'd make them leave it aside. <laughs> so I did manage to get a couple, but you need to you need to work on labelling your boxes correctly. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I know. So the movers go, okay, I'm assuming that this is like the kettle and the microwave. You're like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rattle, yeah, rattle, 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 <laughs> clink, clink, clink. <laughs> yeah, it's the essentials. Essentials. Yep. yep, yep, we have a glass microwave and we have a glass kettle. <laughs> But yes, I am, I am getting dangerously low, so I think we are going to have to venture into the garage and uh, I think so. rip and open some boxes. Get so. in there with a knife. Get those oh. boxes open. I know. Well, we've only got we've got three three rooms with boxes in now. There's the spare bedrooms got all you know. The, everybody just uses the spare room to put all their unpacked boxes that they don't know what to do with. Cap room. Cap Yay! room. Yeah, I've done that. And then there's a load of boxes in the garage and a load of boxes in the shed. So that's, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that when it's a bit warmer. Maybe yes. Uh, so, but yeah, anyway, carry on. <laughs> let's, uh, let's carry on with the, uh, the podcast rather than my uh, house dilemmas. Well, I mean, when we were... Brief, briefly chatting before we pressed record mm. um, I was saying that I've been listening to lots of podcasts and people really don't have anything to talk about and all they're talking about is what they're watching on the TV <laughs> can you imagine that so RuPaul's Drag Race what do you think <laughs> Oh, which one, babe? Which one? UK, US? There we go. Let's we start going? off. Let's start off with US, and then go to UK. And go to the UK. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no. Well, I am loving this season. I have to say, I'm um, loving the US. Yeah. I Although there wasn't an episode this weekend. Yeah, they had that documentary thing or something, didn't they? I didn't yeah. get to watch it because the kids were being too loud, so I couldn't watch it. I turned it off. But um, yeah, I definitely want to watch that. They uh, Corona. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Something about... They've done, they've done one on both. They've done one for the UK and one for the US, haven't they? For both seasons. They've yeah. Like a yeah, well, they did... Yeah. The UK, they had to actually stop filming for seven months. That's why they did that one. Um, and the US one is more about how they filmed during a pandemic. So it's not... They didn't have to stop filming in America, I don't think. Okay, okay, okay. So it's more okay. about how did you make it safe and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. but in terms of America, uh, who, are your, who, who are your favourites and who do you want to send packing? Well, so I'm really torn. I am absolutely in love with Simone. Preach, I preach. Her. One of the best contestants in Drag Race history. Honestly, like the creativity, but also the reality. That's what I really, really respect. Like, you know, she's really creative, but she really brings home kind of a rawness and a yeah. like she's who she is and that's it. And if you don't like it, then tough. And her runway thing. looks are <gasps> Ev that body. And, uh, Body. Oh, I still and it's the bead one. She, the bead she one. knows she knows how to work with like I don't know what oil she's using on that fabulous black skin, but it just shimmers and shines to that <laughs> runway. That beaded look. Oh, that was my favourite. I absolutely love that beaded look. <gasps> that runway outfit. Well, it wasn't even an outfit, was it? Let's be honest. <laughs> There was some beads, but you know, oh. it was great. But, and but, but, she's yeah, funny we're... as well. She's funny. The way she said factory, factory, <laughs> and Deborah instead of Deborah. Oh, no, I, I full respect to her. I, uh, but uh, my close seconds, and I can't really decipher which one I like more Olivia Lux and Rose. I have a real soft spot for both of them. Oh yeah, I I feel that. I feel those too as well. Like, and uh, I really like um, Utica. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. That she's sleeping cool. bag thing oh. that she did work. I kind of glow hot and cold with Utica because I have total respect for her because she's properly standing out by herself, doing what she knows, doing her type of drag, you know. Um, but at the same time. 
it, it, there's just something. There's just something. And I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but if I did, I'd have to wash it. <laughs> um, that's the line from the Golden Girls. Um, Thanks for the clarification. Who would you easily push off a cliff? I have to say Candy. Oh, my God, she's so annoying. Like, she needs to go through some sort of personal journey because I totally appreciate she's young. I totally appreciate that she's doing what she's doing, but she's too angry. She's too fierce. She just needs to She needs to calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. And she sent, did she send Tamisha Iman home? I think that's kind of unforgivable. What? You know the the older queen who is just who amazing. Was amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. I need a bit of. I need more Tamisha Oman in my life, oh. and a lot less Candy Muse and pearls of wisdom. Pearls I thought wisdom. we were. I thought we were rid of Candy Muse. Oh, I know. Was, so annoying. <laughs> She was working her way down that runway, ready to do oh. her parting speech, and then RuPaul did something she'd never done before and said, Candy, yeah. wait! <laughs> I was like, oh, no, don't. Yeah, so I was like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> I was hoping it would be a, don't call oh. us, we'll call you. Oh, oh well. But yeah, so America, it's a good season. I'm really enjoying it. And um, what who, do you who, think? Who are you wanting to win then? I think if Who's Simone, if Simone, I mean, Simone ended up in the bottom two. But if Simone doesn't win, I'm, I don't understand. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't understand. Yep. You know, she's a, no, she's, she's she the whole package. Absolutely. She's funny. The looks are amazing. Every look tells a story. I'm just, ugh. Yeah, amazing. Don't you feel sorry for Elliot? No, his voice is like nails down a chalkboard. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's really nasal. He's just, everybody's had it in for him, for him. I just feel sorry for him. I mean, he's not the greatest, but oh. No, no, guys. but yeah, you just got one of those faces that I want to slap. So. Oh. Okay. Well, moving on yeah. to the UK then, shall we? UK, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, who, this is, I mean, it's difficult because we're getting down to the nitty-gritty now. You know, really bit, are. And uh, it's getting difficult, I think. I know, because the ones that I liked have kind of gone off and the ones that I really liked have gone. And Yeah, me too. So I thought I really liked Lawrence Cheney. <gasps> Me too. But, but then now, she, this just episode just gone. I was like, ooh. She's not gone. No, this episode just gone is in like the one that's just played, one that's just dead. Oh, uh, she's just. It's now. It's like shut up, shut up. Yeah, too cocky, too cocky. But, um, I'm so sad, Veronica left. I love Veronica, even though I she love got Veronica, the crazy and I really, last episode. I really liked Astina as well, Astina Mandela. Yes. I just thought she was But again, she was a little, like, she didn't quite push it to the max. Like, her basicness was kind of mediocre. It wasn't... Ooh, girl. I I don't know, I'm just, you know... Because you were really committed to Tia Coffee, weren't you? I was, I did, but that's just because I've seen her so much in London perform like because she's I, one of the vixens exactly I used to go see them a lot and I loved watching them and I and out of the three of them she was the strongest one so I was absolutely convinced she was going to smash this like Davina DeCampo she was going to get in there and completely like dominate and yeah she was a bit of a wallflower I was a bit sad really because she was very stage, funny yeah, she was very funny, but just didn't have the looks. Yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved when she. I can't remember what look it was on the runway, but Michelle Visage was like, "You know what I'm going to say," and Tia Coffee went with it and was like, "You want to wear this outfit? You yeah. want, you want to borrow it? You want to borrow the earrings, the <laughs> wig, and just..." And I thought that's brilliant. 
that is the best comeback is just like be able to laugh at yourself and grab that camera keep that camera on you but no. then it was just, it was just, oh, come on, honey, pull some better looks out of the bag. But, yeah, you know, these are queens yeah. and there's been, some, there's been some controversy over, you know, the other week when RuPaul lost her mind oh. and did that whole no Ooh. more, no more H&M on this runway. Yeah. And a lot of the queens have come out and said, well... We don't all have $70 million in the bank. And we were out of work for seven months. So we can't afford the looks that you need in this competition. So there's been quite a bit of a RuPaul backlash over that. Oh, I don't know about that. The interesting thing is that Lawrence and I had quite an interesting discussion about Jet Black. Um, Just because I think... She is quite an old school drag style. Yeah, very you know, she's Sunset very, Boulevard, glorious once. Yeah, and very dry British sort of sarky humour, very kind of bitchy and miserable. And, you know, that sort of, to me, is a style of drag that's iconic with the British drag scene. And I kind of feel they didn't give that a chance. And it's kind of all this new drag scene sort of you know it's all look queens and all like dancing singing let's all do death drops type of stuff there's not really an appreciation for where it's come from it's like i would put joe black in with like the mario dubois and people like that like you'd put them all well it's like i mean i don't know if i don't know if we're repeating ourselves but i have a, a very specific opinion of of drag race uk specifically i think american drag is very different and yeah they do do death drops and lip syncing, but in the UK, I think it's RuPaul's Drag Race UK is not a representation of UK drag because there are some queens in this competition who I, you wouldn't, they would not. My idea of a good drag queen is someone like Mara Dubois who is able to stand on stage at the Vauxhall Tavern, which is a great venue but can be a very rough venue, and mm-hmm. be able to control mm-hmm. a bar full of people. Three, four, five hundred people. Get them all to shut up. Some yeah. of those queens, and, and she does that with acid comebacks and humour and stories and singing and everything some of those queens how on earth would mm-hmm. they be able to do that you can't silence a room by lip syncing and doing a death drop but okay. that is my version of UK drag whereas the children their version of drag is watching RuPaul's Drag Race and seeing the American queens, and that's what they expect. Yeah, yeah. When they go and see RuPaul's Drag Race, so if they go and see RuPaul's Drag Race UK, they are going to be going mental for those queens, and they will just have to do what they did on the series. But I think in terms of longevity of a career, you are going to be working in some really tough venues, and if you do not know how to handle that crowd... They will eat you. So, so who? Anyway, (laughs) I digress. But who do you think is going to win RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two? Do you know what? I really cannot call it. I I literally I watched the 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 most recent episode today, and at the end of the episode, I I just couldn't call it. Couldn't I? Couldn't and. Just, I was looking at all of them going, well, you, yeah, you could, yeah, you know. Mm. See, I, I really think, like taste. I, I really like taste. Yeah. I think the thing is I'm more about the personality. It's like I've got a very big soft spot for Aurora, and I think that's just because of that one moment she had a couple of episodes ago where she kind of opened up. and She showed her vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So I do have a soft spot, but I don't think she's strong enough to win. I don't know. Um, yeah. I like Bimini. Yeah, you said that, yeah. No, I do like Bimini. I think she's very cool. 
I mean, for, to pick to pick Katie Price for the Snatch Game was a stroke of genius because that's the perfect Snatch Game character yeah. because often queens will pick a gay icon, which is great, but they, there'll be nothing funny about that person. Uh. You know, you could do Madonna. And Madonna is quite funny. She's got a good sense of humour, but she's not done anything that's outlandishly funny. Whereas Katie yeah. Price takes the piss out of herself all the time. And also, you can just take the piss out of Katie Price just with her voice, which is what she did, you know. The yeah. nipples the nipples are the eyes to the face. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah. just... It was one of the best Snatch Game choices ever. Oh, Officially, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. She was pretty good. She was pretty so. good. But then, so I think that's just also because some of the characters are really weak. There was not, it wasn't filled with a um, a host of amazingly strong, you know, impersonations. That's that's what the other thing I think. No, you should come prepared for these. Um... That's what I don't get. I'm like, girl, you know you have to sew. You know you have to bring it. You know you have to read. I'm like, when the library's open, prep. For fuck's sake, prep. I know. And they had a seven-month gap. Oh, honestly, these people. Anyway, right, stop. So, so okay, so you're, are you Bimini for, for the win? I hope Bimini wins. I think she deserves it. Oh, okay. That's nice of you. Very kind. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from fabulous TV show to fabulous TV show, mm-hmm. I thought it would be really, really important for us to talk about something that is close to both of us because it's pretty much how our friendship started. Is uh, that Kirsty and Phil's Love It or List It? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me they are secrets. <laughs> No, it's how people would define our friendship. (laughs) Are you talking about it's a sin? (laughs) (laughs) There were so many different TV programs I could have done then. (laughs) Are you talking about Battlestar Galactica? Are you talking about Mad Men? Yeah, we'll let you keep going all night. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a sin, obviously. It has taken over my life, personally and professionally, over the last five weeks. Yeah, what an outstanding piece of TV gold. That, I think, yes. was so influential and it has made such an impact on, you know, in terms of sort of when we're all in lockdown, it's been a really, really powerful TV show just generally, just overall. But for the UK, obviously, this is the first time the HIV epidemic or the AIDS epidemic, whichever way you want to refer to it as, has been really, really addressed in a TV series. Like, obviously, you know, in America, you had Angels in America and you've had plenty of other... Um, you know, HBO style sort of TV shows. But this is the first time really I can remember anything really, really focusing on the mm-hmm. epidemic and, and the and the heart of the epidemic. So not just about, you know, the, the leaflet dropping through the door and the, you know, Bob from your second cousin's family. Like, yeah. this, is, this has been one of the most incredibly moving TV shows that has been able to show every single side and I thought they did it absolutely incredibly how they showed so much depth and so many different angles mm-hmm. I thought it was well yeah I mean it's, it's, it's a piece of history that sadly not a lot of people know about or mm. they think they know about but they're wrong um, yeah. you know and we've both I still work in HIV, you have worked in HIV, so we know those stories, we know those people. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just, for me, it's just been amazing to have have that story told so brilliantly. And I really hope that the BAFTA TV Awards starts with 
Um, yeah, and the awards go to It's a Sin. End of show. Bye. <laughs> oh, and I may destroy you as well. That should get some awards as well. But It's a Sin. It was just, you know, I work for uh, the UK's leading HIV and sexual health charity. And what It's a Sin has done in terms of HIV awareness is amazing because I don't think we've ever had so many media requests as a result of a series being on television. I don't think we've ever raised as much money mm-hmm. um, by people just putting out products that are related to the TV show. And I think the really great thing that's come out of it is one, it's extremely popular with young people who do not know because of their age, not because of any fault of their own, but they yeah. don't know that their community went through yeah. a pan the, the community had already gone through a pandemic. It's it's you know, a lot of people have said over the last few weeks, Oh, so many people are going, This is the f- corona is the first pandemic we've lived through and gay men are like, um, no. It's not. We did this yeah, <laughs> and we yeah. survived it. So we might be able to give you some tips. Um, but yeah, just educating the young people, getting them to know the history because it's it's really important. I know that a lot of people would say, oh, well, that's over and done with and it's gone. But the reason that we are in the position we're in now in terms of HIV is because of the work and the activism and the sacrifices that our brothers our brothers and sisters went through before we were even thought of. So it's been amazing. And I think the other great thing about It's a Sin is that the cast have been so proactive, and Russell T. Davis have been so proactive about getting involved in stuff. And it's not been about promoting the series. They don't need to promote the series. It's had 16 million downloads. They've been involved in conversations about HIV and conversations about what it was like then, but more importantly, what it's like now. Because if you you just watched It's a Sin and thought, oh, that's the way it was and the way it is, it's really important to get the message across that things have changed. And it's really helped for me in a completely selfish reason that I've been doing HIV awareness training pretty much consistently since September, August, September last year. And it's been so helpful to kind of just get the message across because you always, you should always in HIV awareness training talk about the past mm-hmm. and the history and where this all began because a lot of the stigma and discrimination about HIV that's around now is based on what was happening then. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to say to people on the training, um, if you could maybe watch It's a Sin before the first module, then you'd save me a lot of breath. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, I can get that. I think that the, the show itself has been amazing. And, like, you know, if I'm saying that it's multifaceted, you haven't just got the actual, you know, the, the epidemic. You've got, um, you know, the, the oppression. You've got the homophobia in there. You've got, yeah. you know, the, the family dynamics and all, all the, the ways that a gay men had to live their lives. You know, there's so many yeah. different layers. And, and the, the thing, there's a really good documentary um, that should be seen alongside its scene on, um, it's also on um, all four, and it's called How, AIDS, How Britain Fought the Epidemic. And Lisa Power, who's a very uh, outspoken, fabulous HIV activist who's been around since the very beginning, but she talks about the interesting thing that in those days when parents would find out that their sons were in hospital, it would be a double whammy because they would be finding out that they were gay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and had AIDS at the same time, which is exactly what happens in It's a Sin. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. It's not going to end well, people. <laughs> so, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> but just that in itself... You're having to come out and also tell 
Oh, I'm gay and I'm dying. Yeah. I, Gee, I mean, and you're 23 years old. My God. Just, I, yeah, I can't even imagine it. I think that, you know, the bravery and the mental torture you had to go through of living your life and not being able to be who you are must must have been... I, 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 yeah, I just can't even... I, I can't go there. But you know what? The one thing that I've really loved to come out of it as well is the hashtag Be More Jill. Be more Joan. Because, Isn't that amazing? Well, yeah, I mean, women were extremely important in the HIV epidemic in terms of, I mean, any any gay man always has an amazing female best friend. I mean, I've yet to find mine, but... Um... <laughs> so, thanks, everybody. Thanks for the show. And uh, this will be the last episode that you ever hear of again. So, uh, yeah, go. Um, fuck you. <laughs> Jokes, of course. No, but I mean, the character of Jill, played by Lydia West, I know her name, she's great. Um, But yeah, those women were around and they did so much um, advocating and campaigning and supporting and befriending and yeah. We we need to realise and celebrate um, celebrate our jails and but our victims and our victims, obviously. But I think it's more than just women. I think it transcends gender. It's it's completely about. How... Oh, I think no. I think for gay men, it, there's something about female friendship. But don't you don't you think that just the be more Jill, the fact that she stood up as an a person, like you know, not even as a woman, she stood up yeah. and refused to let it go, and she was there for them, whatever. And even when they refused, they were in denial or they refused to believe about it. She kept on doing what she believed was right as a friend. So to me, I obviously I totally get what you mean about like having the um, the best friends, but. To me, this it transcends gender. It's it's all about yeah. just being more Jill, being more like the caring friend every friend should be, the way you should be as a friend. Because, you know, apparently there was, I was reading the other day, because um, there was five episodes, wasn't it? It was supposed to be six, but they didn't have the funding to do the sixth oh, episode. No, and the really? sixth episode apparently was going forward in time and Jill was working in mental health and sexual health. Um Still, That's what I like, said to you. I said to you they should have done that. Years oh. later, and I think the other storyline was that Roscoe, oh. the black guy... The black guy, yeah, yeah. He, in the story, he'd become HIV positive, but years later. Lived um, through it, yeah. And it was, it was something about that as well, that he'd lived through that whole epidemic... And so, whew, got through that. Life's a good one, and then became HIV positive in his forties or fifties, which happens a lot as well. It's kind of like dodge the bullet syndrome. But, but yeah, they just. I mean, <laughs> now the executives are trying to like, we didn't have the money to do the final episode. <laughs> okay, but yeah. I mean. It's been great for HIV awareness. It's been great. I've done, like, it's the last day of February today. I've done two university talks this month about LGBT history month, specifically focused on HIV. And it's the thing is just, it's just a really, it's been a really useful thing to refer to because you can talk about it until you're blue in the face, but people don't get it. They don't get how horrific it was. Um, and so it's really great that someone has put it on film in not an American schmaltzy yeah, yeah, yeah. way. Like, it's how it really was. Like, people on their own in wards and people, like, nurses refusing to give them their food or having to shove the tray under the door and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. But then there's other stories. There's a really good thing on YouTube that everyone should watch, which is like... It's it's called Nurses and Doctors Talking About AIDS in the 80s or something and it's interviews with lots of different types of doctors and nurses from London talking about what it was like. It's really 
if you've watched it's the scene i would say watch that because it's it really brings it home because those are the real kind of characters that ignored all the kind of rubbish about don't touch them don't be nice to them don't poke them don't be compassionate um so yeah anyway and it's raised and it's raised a huge amount of money for for HIV charities as well. That's the other thing about it, Suzanne. There have been products associated with the series that have given us much needed funds because we haven't been able to fundraise. Like yeah. all like all charities. We've been kind of very lucky to have it Suzanne. Um to... Yes, so fortunate that you know, it I I think it's just sort of been so timely. In, in a way that, you know, with us all sort of like not not sort of distracted by going out and, and other things like, you know, you, you've had a real captive audience yeah for people to really learn their history. And it's just, yeah, it's been amazing and what an amazing timing, you know, so it has really sort of triggered a, a I think a, a real new, you know, a new newfound sort of attitude, newfound respect and it's reawoken people to the HIV um, condition and understanding more about how to manage it and understand it. And, you know, we're so close. We're so close now with yep. the diagnoses and everything. And it's just it's just been so timely. It's great. I'm really, really, really proud of what I was part of. And I'm really, really proud of the fact that I could stand up and really sort of be proud of what that I know will have, have achieved yeah and i think you know obviously we both know that things have changed so much but you know as i said before we were in hiv awareness training and a lot of people still don't know how things have moved on and and when you present when i present information like the uk is on course to end hiv transmission by 2030 completely eradicated gone done layers people are like that is brand new information that is insane yeah i did not are you kidding and it's like my god it's the first time in my 26 year career in hiv that you can give just the most amazing good news so, Absolutely incredible. Really, really so I incredible. think it's very timely that this has happened. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, you know, it's like, yep, let, let's acknowledge the past and pay tribute to what we've been through. But also, we're at the end of the road. We are going to beat this. Yeah, which is exactly what we're doing right now with this bloody pandemic that we're in now, you know. With Miss Corona. Oh. She is leaving the building, honey. Well, she's. I think the problem is she's going to hang around. We just have she's to know gonna how to avoid her. She's going to hang around and she's going to have different friends. Yeah, <laughs> but... we just have to know when to avoid the, you know, the awkward just... conversation with her. And we'll just move tables. <laughs> yeah, move along. Do you have a table <laughs> on the other side of the bar? <laughs> She's giving me very looks. Yeah. But, you know, we've all had to cope with it in the way that we've coped with it. And I think we all need to really step back and just realise for the past year, we have all been living in crisis survival mode. It has been beyond anything that you could call normal. And, you know, everybody's mental well-being has taken a hit. It doesn't matter how strong you think you are everybody would have been affected in one way or another, whether it's by someone else or personally. And it's just so important for everybody, I think, to really reflect on what they've gone through and how they've survived it and not looking at, you know, the present or the future going, oh, I don't, have to, I don't know if I've got the strength to do this, but actually just quickly looking back and realising, you girl, you've done a 12-monther. You have yeah. done so much. You have survived. How strong are you? You know? Yeah, and whatever it is that's helping, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. If it's listening oh, to yeah. a podcast a week, if it's putting on some really great 80s tunes, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, going for a walk, going for a run, if it's having a Zoom, 
just keep a few more months babes few more months we can do this we can do this or maybe if people don't have those kind of options every lunchtime every weekday lunchtime (laughs) one two two (laughs) segue that was an immensely immaculate segue I loved it seriously how Claudia Winkleman got that job at Radio 2 and I'm still sat here I do not know um, but yeah, what could people do Fix, oh if they goodness. were stuck for an hour oh, of a lunchtime, Monday to Friday? What could if, they do? If you were uh, needing a break in your work day from why have I gone America? Uh, I don't know. Why is it a trailer for a thriller? <laughs> I know it's the wine. I he was the right it. guy from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> well. I don't know about the tracks, but, you know, certainly... Oh, he'll be great. playing a few tracks. <laughs> so, Lawrence has started a lunchtime live stream session, Monday to Friday, 1 till 2. And, oh, my God, like, I mean, I have no choice. I have to listen to it every day. But I'm so glad that it's good. <laughs> because otherwise it would have been really quite bothering. But he started this lunchtime session because he was feeling down and he wasn't coping. So he decided to start a lunchtime stream just for him to play and for a couple of his mates to join in and have a chat. We now on average have about 100 people join every lunchtime and they're all kind of regulars. We have people from Australia, from Spain, from Portugal, from Sweden, from Germany... There was someone from Taiwan or something on the other day. Like, And what's amazing is that everybody is so friendly. Lawrence's uh, thing, he constantly will announce it on, on the live stream. It is all about good vibes. This is all about feeling optimistic, uplifting, <clears throat> and just using music to help lift your mood. And it does it so, so well. He's so good at what he does. You know, he's got a great setup in our spare room. And... You know, he, he's brilliant. He and The Mondays are my favourite day because it's disco, funk and soul. Ooh. Um, that is my day. And you'll hear me a lot going, yes, like on the chat because they're all my favourite songs. And, and it's the perfect time. Them. It's lunchtime. You know, it's like exactly. he's serving up some sausages because he's bashing out those bangers. Oh, uh, <laughs> check you. You sound like that one. <laughs> I really love those bangers. <laughs> <laughs> God, but yeah, honestly, like I, I can't. Re- I mean, I know I'm biased. He's my fiance, but I cannot recommend it enough. And I even got all my directors and all my exec team listening to him last week, and all of them messaged me saying, "I haven't been that anywhere near a nightclub in over twenty years, but that was the most amazing hour. It just refreshed me, and I just think that people don't realize how powerful music can be." And, you know, what I'm yeah, saying. He's, he's brilliant. It's really, really good, and they're all available on Mixcloud for you to listen to because uh, he uploads them after a session. So he's got the last couple of months worth of sessions up there. If you want. So, how do people find these uh, mixes and the lunchtime sessions? So, well, thank you for asking, Philip. That was a great, great <laughs> question. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, so he is on Twitch. Uh, which is a very new no, platform. No, you need to get some cream for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not quite something you and I know about. But, uh, yeah, so he's on Twitch and he's on Mixcloud. And if you just search Lawrence Friend, he'll come up. And, yeah, one till two. He's normally, to be honest, without sounding too cocky, he's normally in the trending list. So on uh, on the lunchtime when he does play, if you go into trending, Hello. he normally is t- at the top. So... definite recommendation but it definitely helps with my anxiety and mental well-being it's just good he plays loads of old school tracks and you know a couple of things where you're just like oh my god i remember this one and it takes you straight back to being with friends having fun and it's just a great feeling a really 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 great nostalgia feeling so we'll be back in clubs soon we'll be back in clubs soon i don't know are we too old are we too old for clubs are we got the no. mighty hoopla in september Bring uh, it on. no I, we, have, we haven't got our tickets we'll get them it's fine okay fine. all right it's okay we'll sort it it's okay. fine oh my god we're so going to see london pride we're going to see london... cool 
<gasps> Obviously, I totally want to see her. I'm just... Okay, right. We're going to do it. It's fine. Sorry. I've, I've had too much wine now, haven't I? <laughs> no, I might say American. Um... <laughs> Can you not call us Rosie? I'd rather be Rosie than Sarah. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Okay. Okay, we're coming to an end now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should uh, let's wrap this baby up, shall we? But before we go. Mm. <laughs> God, this is going to be even a worse segue than the last one. <laughs> hey, guys. If you want to send a nice little <laughs> surprise box to somebody. A box, hey, you say? One that can fit through your letterbox, do you mean? <laughs> then Vix might have the treat for you. Over to you, Vix, to explain what on earth I'm on about. Oh, I shouldn't have had this much wine. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> So, yes, we all know that anxiety and mental well-being has been a the forefront of everybody's mind. <laughs> oh, I, I keep this serious. God, this is the worst <laughs> advert ever. Oh, what do you want to do? Put a jingle in and go, Hey, have you got a lonely friend? Do you want to send them something pretty? <laughs> That's actually a really good jingle. <laughs> Better than the funeral adverts on Channel 5. Why are you watching Channel 5? Uh, two words. Jane McDonald. Oh, God bless her. <laughs> oh, did you see the duet she did with Gary Barlow? Um, probably. Probably a thousand times. <laughs> I love Jane McDonald. Uh, yeah, she did rather well. And her house looked lovely. I feel that that's been the enjoyable thing, seeing all these celebrities' houses. Enjoyed that. Anyway, so um, Vix from Two Bottles okay, in Podcast right. has started up a new um, small startup business, if you please. Yeah, and okay. um, she, what she's doing is she's making up some boxes. <laughs> and Vix. It's not like a packer in a warehouse. Vix. At this point, I'll hand over to you. Right, okay, let's, let's wrap this up. Okay, so, let's bring, let's bring, let's God, I think I was doing better. Uh, anyway, right, so, anxiety, mental, mental well-being, everybody. Come on, I'm trying. Oh, okay, look, okay. <clears throat> this pandemic has... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to have to on so, holiday. Okay, so... Stop, Phil. I'll put you on mute. You do have the power to do that, right? Put me on mute? Jesus yeah. Christ, I'm the only one making sense. <laughs> Very warm. Anyway, uh, so Letterbox Love is what I've started. It's on Etsy.com. Search for us. Search for us on Instagram. Search for us on Facebook. <laughs> and what we've done is created these wonderful, thoughtful, mental well-being gift boxes. And they are small enough to fit through your letterbox, and they provide someone with a moment. So there's a number of items in there that people can take a moment for themselves. So if you've had a crazy day at work, if the kids have been driving you nuts, if you've been out trying to save the world, you know, key workers, anything like that, if you need a moment, these boxes are filled with items to help you take that moment. So that anything from, we've got a lovely, lovely hot chocolate in there with a little, I've introduced a magical marshmallow sprinkle mix, which makes the drink a hundred times better. If you pay five pounds extra, you can get gin and some crack cocaine as well. <laughs> What's that? I want that. <laughs> That's anyway. if you go to Letterbox Pippi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put the code in Pippi. <laughs> anyway, so 
anyway, these boxes are amazing and they have some really good treats in there. You've got some tea lights to put on so you can set the mood. There's some really gorgeous good diver chocolates, which I just have they to do. They are delicious. Um, they're gorgeous. And some stroop waffles. If you don't know what a stroop waffle is, Google it. It's amazing. Ooh, it's a Dutch yes. wafer biscuit that you're supposed to have with a hot drink. And what you do is you hover it over the hot drink and it goes all soft and gooey. It's incredible. And there's some nice things in there as well. We've got a little like pocket hug for you to have. And there's some nice little bits that we have in there to help. So it's all about just helping people remind themselves that they're important and to take a moment for themselves. So they're available on Etsy. And I'm just trying to set up a Facebook shop at the moment so we can have them on Facebook as well. But I've got lots and lots of different boxes coming through. I've got a Mother's Day box. Um, and I've got a box which is all going to be about pampering. So I, I, last night I made my own homemade lavender and cornflower um, scrub, bath scrub. Uh, so it's, it's all kind of organic. And it's just really, really important to me to try and help people realise that they just need to take a moment for themselves when we're going through such a stressful and really, really hard time. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that because they're just focusing on other people where it's, you know, whether it's their friends or their family or their job, you know, they're forgetting about themselves. So the Letterbox Love stuff started uh, with that in mind. And yeah, I just, I'm really proud of it. And hopefully it'll uh, help a few people feel a bit better. And if people want to follow you on social media, where would they go to? So Facebook and Insta, we are at Letterbox LV, and you'll be able to find us there. Um, and I have a code for everybody. <gasps> oh, it better be yeah. forward slash Pippi. No. Okay. No. Go <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Pip. Not, not this time. But um, maybe, maybe we could do that. I should have done two bottles in one, shouldn't I? Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, like, yeah, I should do that. But anyway, for the moment, love fifteen l o v e one five. Use that code on our Etsy shop, and you'll get fifteen percent off a box. Boom. Amazing. Who could say no? Ooh. Right. Okay. So I think are we. I think. I think we're done. There we I think go. We're done. Bang it on for ages, haven't we? Oh no, well there's no surprise there. So we are going to try and be better and as life returns to whatever you might think is normal, we will be here for you. So um so yeah, thank you for tuning in. Sorry for the gap, but hey, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know what I mean? Pandemic. So, um, yeah, if you enjoyed it, likers, sharers, reviewers, uh, five stars, anything less, don't bother. Um, <laughs> DM us if it's anything less. <laughs> if there's anything that you would like us to discuss on Two Balls In, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Two Balls In. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next month. Yeah, cross fingers. And we'll see you e- Without Easter that. Mother's Day special. <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about all things Jesus and mothers. Okay. But, yeah, I didn't know about that. Okay. Someone, someone take, someone take sure. the wine away. Sure. Okay, I think it might be worth us uh, closing this down now. Okay, well, thanks everybody. And as Pip says, follow us, lovers, and sharers. And we'll speak to you next time. Yay! Bye! Bye.